Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. God was reminding me as he was Isaiah and these Israelites that we are not in control. You can muster the, the largest army on earth. You can bring the most intelligent people together. You can gather everyone across the earth who is the best and the most gifted and the strongest and the most competent, but they are still like chaff in the wind before God. Isaiah was reminding the Israelites to reconsider who God was. He goes on to say in verse 5, The lands beyond the sea watch in fear. Remote lands tremble and mobilize for war. The idol makers encourage one another, saying to each other, Be strong. The carver encourages the goldsmith, and the molder helps at the anvil. Good, they say. It's coming along fine. Carefully they join the parts together, then fasten the thing in place so it won't fall over. It's God speaking to the nation saying, look, these things that you're putting your faith and your trust in, these things that you're dedicating your life to pursuing, you bring the best craftsmen before me. You can even work together on this stuff. And still, it's useless before me. Are the things that we put our hope in and our trust in, the things that we invest so much of our energy and resources in, they actually just reveal our weakness more than they do our strength. These idols that they were fashioning and these goldsmiths and, and all of these different craftsmen that they brought together, when they had perfected and crafted all that they could, it just revealed how weak they were. And God is reminding us in this day and age, don't be mistaken that your strength doesn't come from even what I've gifted you to do, that your strength comes from me. When you believe you are strong, you are weak. But when you are weak, you are strong in me. He goes on to say, but as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from Abraham, my friend. I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you. And I will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God is reminding us today and in this next season of where our true identity lies. You see, Israel's position and Israel's influence and Israel's effectiveness wasn't tied to who they were, it was tied to who their master was. What they could do as a nation would only be done as they served under the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What they could do as a nation to to completely defy the odds and to move in power when they should have been destroyed. What they could do as a nation was as a result of who they served, not who they were. And our identity 
in Christ is under attack today in our society all over the world. The enemy is undermining who we believe God is and who we believe we are. We've bought into this lie that we can define who we are, that we can define what only God can define. And God is saying, you need to understand that, that your effectiveness, that, that your authority, that your strength doesn't come from who you are, but it comes from identifying who I am and who you are in me. It's actually in him that we find our identity and strength. He goes on to say, see all your angry enemies lie there confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I told you, for I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God. And I say to you, do not be afraid. I'm here to help you. Though you are a lowly worm, O Jacob, don't be afraid. People of Israel, for I will help you. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. You will be a new threshing instrument with many sharp teeth. You will tear your enemies apart, making chaff of the mountains. You will toss them into the air, and the wind will blow them away. A whirlwind will scatter them. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. What a powerful, powerful picture. Literally, God is saying, you're not just like, a man compared to this mountain, you're literally like a worm trying to scale a mountain. It's utterly futile. It's utterly useless to begin to try and tackle the things that you need to in your life without me breathing life and strength into you. It's futile for you as this little thing, literally a worm, to think that you can conquer these mountains unless I'm the one who's coming and giving you the strength and giving you the purpose and giving you the insight and giving you the wisdom and giving you the freedom and giving you the healing. It's me that's going to level the mountains before you. And it's me that's going to make a way in your life where there is no way. At first glance, these verses can seem depressing. But this is the promise and the character and the nature of God is to say, look, I know how I made you. I know how frail and weak you are, and that's okay. That's totally fine. Because if you actually attach your wagon to me, if you actually hitch yourself to me, I'm going to give you the things that you need. It says in the Bible, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. I want to move on. Verse 17. These are our key verses for this series. When the poor and needy. That word for poor doesn't mean economically poor. That means those who are being crushed under the weight and the burden of life. Those who are suffocating under the, the constraints of their life. And the needy is not those who are, are beggars asking for a handle. That word in the original language literally means willing. So those who are crushed under the weight of what, what life is producing and are suffocating under that condition, if you're willing, if you're willing, and if you're pliable and moldable, that's what these two words are saying, then this is what's going to happen. 
Then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them on the high plateaus. I'm actually going to create innovation. I'm going to do new things that that don't even seem like they fit together. I'm, I'm going to establish these new rivers in places that rivers aren't supposed to flow. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water, rivers fed by strings. I'm going to multiply that which is already there. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to work it. And I'm going to see fruitfulness come. Not only am I going to bring rivers where there hasn't been a river or where there should never be a river. I'm, I'm actually going to multiply what I've already started to do in your life. I will plant trees, there's our key verse, in the barren desert, cedar, acacia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine. I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means, that it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel. I'm going to transform your life. I'm going to bring life where there's been barrenness. I'm actually going to bring fruitfulness where you've seen lack. I'm going to take this desert land. I'm I'm going to cause things to spring up and to grow in it that don't belong there. Those trees that were listed weren't native to the land of Israel. They were from the east. And he's saying, I'm going to transform your life. I'm going to bring life where there's been death and freedom where there's been bondage. I'm going to bring faith where there's been doubt. This is what I'm about, says God. I'm about taking your lack, and I'm about taking your fear, and I'm about taking your under-resourcedness, if that's a word, and doing things with it that you couldn't imagine. I'm going to reshape your mind to be innovative, to look at the same principles and the same situation from a new perspective. I'm going to bring rivers along the plateaus where you haven't seen life before. I'm going to bring it. And the things that I've started, I'm going to multiply them. And the work that I'm doing is going to transform you fundamentally. I was thinking about this. couple verses came to mind. Deuteronomy 11. In Israel's journey, says this, the land you are about to enter and take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you are, where you planted your seed and made irrigation ditches with your food. I just, there we go with your foot as in a vegetable garden. Rather, the land you will soon take over is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain, a land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it through each season of your life. I believe that God is inviting us to a new season. He's saying, look, what I did in the past is great, and there's so many things to be thankful for, but what I'm going to do in the future is different. You used to cultivate the land, and, and you got your supply of nourishment and provision that way before in Egypt, but in this new land, it's going to be me who brings the rain that feeds the land. 
It's actually going to be me who stirs up new things in you. And your job is to walk into this in faith and obedience. Your job is to trust me when, when everything is changing in your life and when all of the circumstances are different and when all of the metrics look out of whack, I am actually the one who's going to bring the rain in its season so that the land can produce the harvest that I've designed it to. God is calling you and I in this new season to a season of obedience and faith. Even if it doesn't look like it did in 2018, he's inviting you to trust him even more. He's inviting you to step out into faith even further. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. I want to leave you with this. And leave the whole second half of my message for next week. (laughs) Um, Psalm 126. I just felt like this specifically for today was the word. For some of you, maybe for one of you, I'm not sure. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. I love how... It's written in the New Living Translation. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Those who weep as they go to plant their seed. Sorry, they may weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return in the harvest. I just feel like what God has been speaking to me and I don't know if this is for somebody specific or just for us in general today, is that you're looking at your life and it's a barren wasteland. You're wondering what happened to the years and what happened to the decisions, and you're looking at everything around you and you're going, how can life come from this? How can goodness come out of this? How can healing come out of this? How can restoration come out of this? And you're looking at your life and you're feeling like Israel did, Back when Isaiah wrote this, like, God, we're in a totally different place and it doesn't have the same ingredients as it used to have. And, and God, there's no water here in the desert and there's no vegetation and there's no way for new life. What are you going to do? And God is saying, look, if you'd be willing to sow when there's pain, if you'd be willing to sow and to plant seeds of righteousness when you're struggling, when you don't know what to do, if you'd be willing to press in and actually just trust me in faith and obedience, I'm going to cause those trees to spring up in the desert. I'm going to carve out these new estuaries for rivers on the plateaus. I'm going to multiply what I've already put in your heart to do. But what you need to do is you need to begin to sow in the a season of, of pain so that God can provide for you in the season of harvest, that provision will be there in the season of harvest because you've sowed in the pain and in the hurt and in the doubt and in the confusion when there's a lack of clarity and you don't have the answers. Guys, our, our instinct is to say, God, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm struggling financially. I can't make ends meet. So how could I possibly tithe or give to you? God, my whole world is collapsing around me. I'm emotionally, I'm a wreck. I'm scared. I'm afraid. God, maybe when the season changes and I see the rain clouds coming and I feel those first drops of rain, then I'm going to sow into what you're doing. 
But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You start sowing now. You start sowing when it doesn't look like life can possibly come. When it looks like there's nothing to be hopeful for. When it looks like everything is lost. This is when I want you to take what I've given you and start putting it in the ground. Because I can cause things to come up. I can bring from barrenness life. I can bring from death life. I can change you and transform you. But church, we need to begin to sow with those tears and that struggle and that pain. Because when the harvest comes, we'll be, there'll be shouts of joy because of everything that God has done for us. But if we don't sow in that season of struggle and pain, there's no harvest to bring joy to our life. And I've seen this so many times, like a, like a, a revolving door in my life. I, I struggle and I go through seasons of doubt and fear and I go through seasons where I just say, God, I'm not feeling it. I have nothing to give you. And so I don't sow. And then when harvest is supposed to come, when the new season is supposed to come, there's nothing there. And I go, God, why is, th- why is nothing changing? Why is nothing improving in my life? Why am I stuck in the same, same, same over and over again? What he's been teaching me this whole year is to sow in the season of pain and to sow in those moments when I don't feel like it, to sow into his word, to spend time in relationship with him when I'm exhausted and frustrated and demoralized and broken down. I like Netflix as much as everybody. I can binge watch the episodes till the cows come home. But he's been speaking to me this year. And there's been several distinct times where I've grabbed the Apple TV remote to turn on Lethal Weapon or some cool show I like. And he says, put it down. Put it down and pick up the word. And let me tell you, in those moments, I just want to veg. I want to turn off. I want to escape. I want to forget what I'm walking through. But he's teaching me, if, you're gonna, if you would sow in this season, then when harvest comes, I'm going to bring joy to your life, and there will be fruit. This whole last year, I've been sowing and sowing, and I didn't want to sow. I wanted it to be a season of harvest, but that's not what God was speaking to me. And some of you today are, you're here and you're just, you're at your, your wit's end. You're at the end of the rope and you feel like you've been kicked around and beat down. And Jesus is just inviting you Instead of in this season, instead of tuning out and waiting till things maybe get better, would you actually press in to me? Would you actually sow into the things that only I can do in your life so that I can revive you and renew you? This is the season that 
the Holy Spirit is walking us into where he's calling us to sow, to sow and plant. And I have no idea what will happen. I believe that out of that brokenness that you're experiencing, he wants to bring life. And all he's inviting you to is to sow and plant in the things that actually could yield a harvest of joy and faith. And so the question for us as we are walking out of this year is would you trust me with a new level of faith and a new level of obedience? Would you sow when there's tears so that I can bring joy in the harvest? Would you sow in the struggle? Would you sow even if you don't feel spiritually in tune or alive? Would you begin to just sow anyway? So that I can show up and bring streams in the desert and trees for your protection and your shade. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Jesus, we... God, we're sorry for being the kinds of people who only want to sow when the conditions seem right. Your word says in Ecclesiastes that the farmer who looks out at the clouds and gauges the wind doesn't reap a harvest because he's always worried about what's going to happen next. I just pray that in this season that you would begin to stir us, Holy Spirit, to sow in the pain and in the tears, that you would supernaturally break that spirit of fear in our life, the spirit of the fear of losing control and trusting you with our finances and with our resources, with our families and our friends that you would invite us into a new faith and a new obedience where we are sowing before we see the fruit, before the harvest comes, would you call us to sow and to plant? So, Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice today. I pray that this week would be a week of faith and obedience that even when they don't feel like it, even when they don't want to, that they would connect with you in prayer, that they would pick up their Bible and read it in those moments where they literally want to do anything else. And I ask that in those moments that you would actually plant the seeds of renewal and restoration of healing in their life, that you would plant the seeds that will bear fruit and bring joy and bring peace and bring hope Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that that you would restore the barren lands of our spiritual landscape in our community and in our region. God, that as we sow in our tears and as we sow in our pain and as we trust you to bring life where there has been no life, God, that that there would be a, a movement that starts from our faith and obedience that brings hope to our region. 
that brings spiritual revival and renewal. And so I just humbly say, God, you can start with us. May we be ones who are willing to plant in the season where you've asked us to plant. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.